Hello and welcome to Believe in Me with Rona Barton. In this week's episode, I'm chatting to Jo Bell. Jo is an author, coach and the founder of Right to Thrive. And through her group workshops and one-to-one programmes, she's helped hundreds of people find clarity, confidence and self-compassion. I first came across Jo via Instagram. I'd seen her posting some writing prompts and as a writer and author, these piqued my interest. As I continued to see her prompts in my newsfeed, they began to resonate with me and I took to jotting down some thoughts in relation to what was being posted. Earlier this year, I saw Jo was running a three-day self-compassion challenge. Self-compassion was something I'd been curious about, so I thought, what the heck, why not? And I signed up. In typical Jo style, as I've come to learn, she under-promised and over-delivered. The three days turned into four as she added on a bonus session for us and the private Facebook group that was set up for the challenge really got people chatting. I discovered in this short challenge that although I'm not bad at taking time for myself, I've dropped back into old habits of trying to be everything to everyone. I also found out that when I have my internal monologue running, you know that voice we listen to in our own heads, I'm not always kind in the way I speak to myself. In fact, I'm quite harsh and that's something I want to change. So when the opportunity came up to join Joe's eight-week Luminous course, I knew I wanted in. And I'm thrilled that Joe has agreed to have a chat with me and tell me more about her, her experience and her passion for self-compassion. We jumped on a Zoom call earlier and I hope you enjoy the conversation. You can head to ronabarton.co.uk forward slash media for more information about me and my story. And don't forget you can review, share and follow the podcast wherever you're listening now. Okay, let's jump straight in. Enjoy the call. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It's really lovely to have you here. Um, I've said in my intro that you're an author... Uh, coach and the founder of Right to Thrive. So whilst I know a little bit about what that means, could you tell some of the listeners what it is specifically that you do? Yeah, of course. So I founded my business Right to Thrive about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it was very much came out of my experience with expressive writing so it really helped me get through this really really quite dark and low time um where I experienced severe depression and anxiety and I realized that I had really had nowhere to go like I had all of these feelings I had all of this emotion I had like so much going on and it just it just was kind of it all in my body it wasn't really being released um and I I kind of combined the writing side with counselling and other um, help but what I found in writing is that I really got to the guts of something um, and I also started being very kind to myself so previously in my journals I'd always been pretty mean I had really like just basically taken my inner critic and given my inner critic the entire show like here you go you can tell me exactly what I am and you know what I'm worth and all of this And I realized how horrible that had made me feel. So even though I'd always journaled, um, 
it wasn't the nicest place at times and it, it was it was quite damaging in lots of ways and I realized that if I could make myself feel that bad then I could use it in another way and I started using it in a really self-compassionate way I call it like your inner champion like the finding like your internal voice that's there to encourage you so I hold spaces I create spaces where people can come and write and they go through very specific sequences. It's really important to me that those prompts are very grounding and mm-hmm. that they leave you in a good place. And I used to be an, a teacher, so I ha- already had the knowledge of how to structure things so that I could build people up um, in a way that felt really safe. And then I just got so interested in personal development that I trained to be a transformational coach. And I love that. So I have group programs, I work one-to-one, mm-hmm. um, and then I do my stuff for About to Thrive as well. And the author part is I'm a published author, so I'm also a novelist, and I write stories and poems. So that is what I do. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Really interested in what you said about being mean um, when you used to journal, because I, I, we've shared this um, anyway in, in our group calls and things is that I have rediscovered that I talk to myself I always knew I talked to myself but that I do that in quite a harsh way and I I used to think I was quite kind to myself Mm. but actually in some of the work that we've been doing I've discovered I'm really rather harsh in what I'm saying that's that self-critic so was there a particular word or phrase that kind of turned you around from being this mean journalist to yourself to this kinder self-compassionate person yeah I would just think there was an actual turning point moment that I can remember really distinctly so I was in counseling mm-hmm. and I remember telling my counselor about how I, I used to journal and I said to her I mean I just would write down like I'm hideous like who would want me and she just said to me no wonder you you were depressed. Like, no wonder if that is what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course. And it just was like this click in my brain. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm doing this to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I then became incredibly conscious of the things that I was saying. But it was very interesting because... Before that happened, I went away on holiday and I was really, really excited to go on holiday. I was going to New York. Oh, but I was, yeah, it was great. But I was signed off work at the time and it was quite comp- felt quite complicated to me. And I, I didn't, I really worried about myself when I came home and I had this new, intuitive, like, write yourself a letter. Just this voice came. I don't really know where from. So I wrote a letter and I left it on my pillow and mm-hmm. it was the most self-compassionate, like beautiful, beautiful thing. It was just like, I just don't need you to do anything. I, I don't need you to go back to work. I don't need you to think about it. I just need you to stay here and I need you to keep breathing and we're going to work it out one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the voice that I then took on and developed because that is the voice that is that is kind. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And what I'm a massive turning point for you to have somebody be able to to reflect back to you you know what what you were thinking and how you, how it was making you feel um to then have that light bulb moment as you say and i think that's why the, the processes are so powerful right mm-hmm. that they 
groups that stuff that we do and the the journaling it is that reflection it's that mirror is that like really? what actually is going on here what am I really saying mm-hmm. and when we're really tangled in our harsh voice and that has become so I taught I've talked a little bit about this before it becomes a belief like it becomes a way of life yes um, it becomes so deeply ingrained in you that you don't know it's you don't know that you can do anything differently like it just you think it is who you are um and when you kind of realize that it's not it's just the it gives you the most peace the most freedom but it's also a practice you need to keep doing it because otherwise you will go back to old patterns because that is what happens yes. and it's yeah I think if it sometimes is like the ultimate form of self-care but self-care is a practice it's not a one-off mm-hmm. it's not just like taking a bubble bath it's not just like I'm gonna just sit on the sofa tonight it's like always checking in with yourself and always being like how do I feel right now what do I need and not making that wrong yes absolutely and that's that's one thing um I again I said just in our, our intro earlier that I've realized is that I'm I'm good at taking time for myself you know I'm good at putting in the um cancelling a plan for example if I just don't have the energy to to muster um to go out and do something or yes I can pop time in to have a that soak in a bubble bath read a book listen to a podcast watch a film whatever it is the doing part of it mm-hmm. I I find relatively easy mm-hmm. It's, it's still a work in progress and we've said this before it's progress not perfection and I do have I do have an issue with a little bit of perfectionism um <laughs> being worked on but the the thought that goes along with it is the challenge because as you say you have these patterns that are so deeply ingrained and have taken years or decades to to establish themselves and really in with the the very root of your being that the practice of being self-compassionate is not an overnight switch unfortunately um so you still need to put in the time and effort to to work on your own self-compassion so with that in mind when it comes to how people feel about themselves and whether or not they are being self-compassionate or that is something they need to work on if they're maybe being a bit more self-sabotage than self-compassionate what is what they're feeling normal? Oh, yeah. I mean, who am I to say what's normal? First of all, I would say that, right? Um, but from from what I know of people, mm-hmm. um, from all of people I've worked with as a coach, but also in my writing workshops, this is something that we all struggle with. And it's because these patterns were survival patterns. So I learned to be incredibly harsh to myself as a teenager before someone else did it. So, you know, that was my survival mechanism. And then it just becomes embedded. Um, and it's the same with self-sabotaging. It's the, sa- it's the same kind of thing. It's your brain wants to keep you safe, really wants to keep you safe. Even if you feel absolutely crap <laughs> being safe, even if you're not living your life the way you want to live it, we are hardwired for safety so it's really super normal um and the practice of I definitely know from the people that I've worked with and for myself that when you start to open this up 
it can bring up a lot because you can really grieve how how um kind of harsh you've been in the past when you actually are aware of the the way that you have had a role to play in um the way you might have felt it can be really really difficult and there we need even more self-compassion so it it is definitely something that loads and loads of people struggle with I know one person that doesn't have an inner critic and she is beautiful she's my beautiful friend but I'm like wow you're just (laughs) it's just not the same and one of (laughs) One of the reasons that I started Right to Thrive is I looked around and I saw so many people that I knew that were just really, really hard on themselves. I think when I became more conscious of it within me, I it really barbed with me. And it does as well. And like I can ha- I can have quite mother bear energy sometimes if if my clients say horrible things to themselves. I'm like, well, because <laughs> I just feel it in my body, right? Um, and I don't, yeah, it just it can really barb with me. So it's totally normal. Um, and you, if you're in a cycle and you start to get out of it as well, you need to be kind to yourself if things start to feel like they're going backwards, mm-hmm. because that is also really, really normal. Okay, well, that's interesting you say that, because my next question for you is, does does this inner critic, does this um, self-sabotage, lack of self-compassion, does it ever go away? No. <laughs> you had a little golden ticket for me there, Joe. <laughs> everyone wants a magic bullet don't they absolutely um, you know, your your our inner critic will always be part of us right but we can give it another task so you know instead of it being so fiercely critical of us mm-hmm. we can be like let's just really be fierce around this work that I'm doing and I really want you to help me to support that right you can you can start to give it another task um and in terms of patterns of behavior particularly with self-sabotage, a lot of that comes from deeper wounding. A lot of that comes from inner child. A lot of that comes from places that we don't even know are part of our um, experience. And doing deeper work with that and really healing those parts of you through coaching or whatever it is you might do, that is how to really shift those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what, what I aim for always is that my self-compassionate voice is louder than my inner critic okay nice that for me is is the balance right yeah absolutely yeah because those that shout the loudest get the attention so why not make that the self-compassionate voice absolutely there's that parable I'm going to muck it up now but there's a parable about the two wolves inside us and one is good and one is bad and they say which one will win and and one you feed yeah yeah absolutely so we'll feed feed some self-compassion shall we Uh, absolutely so what would be your top three pieces of advice or top three tips if you like for people who currently are maybe lacking some self-compassion yeah um well first of all my first tip is to notice number one is just notice so notice, and you can journal on this, um, and this can feel really quite, I wouldn't say as difficult is not the right word, but it can bring up quite intense emotion 
because you're really actually looking at the things that we say to ourselves. So, so many of the horrible things we say are really automatic. We don't even think about them. And when you put them down in black and white, it you can, it, you can have a bit of a reaction to it because it is so harsh. But that is the first step. So notice what your inner critic is saying and write it down is, is my first tip. Excellent. And my second tip is, is like, really look at it and be like, is that fair? Do I deserve that? Is that okay? And like, really take that question seriously, because there probably is a little part of you that's ingrained into that pattern. It'll be like, well, yeah, that's just what I say to myself, right? That's just, Mm -hmm. I just say I'm stupid, even though, um, but really think, well, let's take that one, for example, because a lot of people have that. Um, If it's like, you're stupid. Mm -hmm then start to look for evidence that that's not true. <laughs> like literal evidence. So I have a story that I was lazy, right? A really old story that I was lazy. And then I was like, hold on. Like I worked full time as a teacher. I wrote a, a whole novel. I had a mm-hmm. social life. Like I did so many things. I'm not lazy. Um, so I would start to look at those um, beliefs and where they're coming in. And then I would turn it around and having one self-compassionate phrase that you can come back to and repeat to yourself Mm -hmm. is really powerful so you have to believe the words so if you don't feel enough which is something that's something that we all struggle with every single person I know has a story that they're not enough it's part of the human condition right you can't just repeat I'm enough in the mirror and expect that that is going to shift your mindset because you don't believe it your brain is like that's not true so you need to find a phrase that really really works for you so it might just be I love you so much mm-hmm. and you can write that out and just write that out and write that out or it might be I know you're doing your best and you can write that out and write that out and write that out yeah. um those are my my tips for really starting to to notice those patterns yeah absolutely and from my point of view obviously we've been working together and just having obviously like the freedom being being given I'm going to come back to to the teaching aspect you give us homework which (laughs) I used to I'm sure like a lot of people used to balk at when we were at school but actually having the homework and having the accountability of the next time we meet either one-on-one or as a group means that I have to just put on my big girl pants and just do it and not judge what is coming out when I'm writing it down because as I'm writing it down I almost automatically want to edit it I suppose a bit like when we do write our books um do your best not to edit it as you go that's why you have an editor um or even just a friend to read through it you know it's when I write it down and I see the words in black and white that's when I begin to realize oh well that's not true And I absolutely 100% know that's not true because of all of these other things that I can list that make it not true. Um, But when it's not, for me anyway, when it's not written down in black and white, it's far too easy to to just believe it, to fall into that old habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that I have two rules with journaling. Mm -hmm. Is it honest and is it kind? And I will quite often like score something out and I'll be like, that's a lie. I'll literally write in my notebook, like that is a lie. And I'm like, why am I saying that? Because that's not true. And it can go for this way of like, it's that thing where we have like, everything's fine. Oh yes. It's, there's there's almost a bit of that that goes on with me as well, where I'm like, oh, everything. And then I'm like, 
no like just go a little bit deeper and the thing is it takes courage it takes courage to sit with yourself and it is really important to get support so you can start these practices on your own but I would really recommend working with somebody whether it's a coach or a counsellor somebody that can give you that accountability and can help you to work through the things that come up because that for me it's like all of these things they're like all of the practices like yoga like writing like all the things we can do for our health are great they're like like it's like a little tool belt I think you know you just got this in your tool belt and you got that in your tool belt and then some days will be meditation or breath work or whatever it might be mm-hmm. but working with someone and having accountability is the thing that really pushed me forward because on the other side of the action is freedom yeah hundred percent and having somebody um who can support you in a very non-judgmental just you know just tell it all to me it's it's the for me the verbal equivalent of being able to just write it down and see it in black and white just what is that stream of consciousness that's currently in your head get it out okay now let's see where that has come from absolutely Yeah. yeah Um, so I guess probably my last question although who knows um, (laughs) something else might pop into mind is you mentioned when you were going through your top tips there that you know there's these things like I'm not enough are Mm -hmm. things that you you see quite regularly is there a kind of a a pattern to the things that you see with the people that you work with are there some some common areas that we would be prompted to look out for yeah I yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah the answer to that is yes we all think we're very unique and we have we a lot of us have the same pain points okay Um, for women in particular there is an emotional load that seems to come with life um where it's like not even you don't have just your stuff to do but you need to be checking in on everyone else and people pleasing so people pleasing is a big 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 pattern um lack of boundaries is something that causes people pain because mm-hmm. if you're not bounded with your time, you're not bounded with your um your energy, then you you kind of end up starting to feel angry and resentful because you're kind of doing things that you don't want to do. So lack of boundaries is one. Inner critic though is inner critic is huge for for pretty much everyone I know, yes. apart from my one friend. Yes. <laughs> we're all now completely jealous of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And also expecting too much. And I was really thinking about, you know, your audience and and when your health changes. Yes. And when your health changes and you can't maybe do what you were doing before because it's damaging to you, not having the same expectations of yourself is so important. And yes. being compassionate to yourself as well, because we, we all kind of want to do it all. And we need to recognize, you know, this isn't right for me right now. And that's something I've got gotten a lot better at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say those are the main things. And self-sabotaging too, which but I would say that tends to be connected to, to deeper, deeper wound. Absolutely. And I think um just just in listening to what you're saying there about the sort of common aspects, hundred percent me not being careful with with boundaries, people pleasing, energies everything needs to be right, everything needs to be okay all around me. Absolutely. That was pre my ME 
it was of what I could manage. It was still during my ME and it's a habit that I have been in and out of quite frequently <laughs> post my ME as well. So this is why um, your self-compassion challenge kind of sprung to mind and uh, hooked me in to begin with because I think yeah I I see a pattern in myself let's look at where that's coming from and what could be done to um, certainly lessen it and hopefully get rid of it <laughs> but um, we as we say work in progress which is absolutely fine um, but yeah definitely one that I think a lot of the listeners will resonate with as well so before we wind up, because I am mindful of our time together, Joe, and whilst I could speak to you for hours on end, I am aware that we both have other things in diaries as well. Um, how can people find you should they wish to follow you on social media or check out your website? Yeah, of course. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram's at Write and Thrive. I'm also on Facebook, which is Write Thrive. My website is joannebell.org and I also write, this is a really good place to go if you need help starting journaling. I write a free letter every week on Substack, which is writetothrive.substack.com and it has prompts and there's a lot, If you there's I've written over a hundred letters, which is astounds me and there's like little sequences. So they're designed to be 15 to 13 minutes long okay. um, that people can dip and dive into and it's a really good, place it's the one thing I thought to myself if I'm going to do something for free what is the one thing that I think is most valuable right mm -hmm. what do I what do I think that I can give people that people really need and I didn't really see that um so that's a really good place to go to yeah fantastic thank you and we'll pop all of the links into the show notes as well so people can grab them and just click there and and visit you but thank you so much for your time today, Joe. That was fabulous. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully when people listen to this, you might find a few new subscribers um, or maybe even just lurkers, because depending on energy levels, they may not be able to interact, but they may like to still see your content. So thank you very much for today, Joe. Take care and I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, folks, that's it for today. I don't know about you, but I always come away from my chats with Joe feeling much more calm and almost like I've got a little bit more peace in my life. And I'm finding that that's what I'm getting out of her journaling sessions, as well as the, the eight-week luminous course that we're doing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So feel free to reach out to me via any of my social media links or my website. You'll find me on Twitter as at Rona B Coaching and on Facebook and Instagram as at Rona Barton Coaching. You can find out more about Jo and the work she does by visiting her website, which is joannebell.org or her Instagram, which is at write and thrive or her Facebook, which is at write thrive. You heard her chat about her free weekly newsletter that comes with writing prompts and I've popped a link to that in the show notes. Um, it's writetothrive.substack.com. As well as all of that, I am very proud to be a founding member of the Emmeline Podcasting Network. 
You can find out more about the Emmeline Network by going to emmelinenetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget you can review, share and follow the podcast wherever you're listening now. And I really hope today's a good day for you. Bye for now.